Today on The Lab Report, we have a CrossFit legend and the stars of Pursuing Health. Dr. Julie Fouché and Dr. Danny Curio. You're going to want to hear this interview. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. But you're good at this. Am I? Yeah. What? You're the- much better at this than I am. No, you're just too fidgety. I am very fidgety. Hello! Hi, Michael Chapman. Hi, Patty Devers. Welcome to the Lab Report. Thank you. <laughs> this is a podcast being given on behalf of Genova Diagnostics. Booyah! Yeah. And this is a show all things functional medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics. That's it. And if you are new to this podcast and you're hearing it for the first time and you like what you hear, you can actually subscribe. Yeah. Rate or, us and review us. Or if you're not new. Right. If you're old to this podcast, but for whatever reason you have You've not never hit that button. You haven't committed. How come? Just do it. I know. You want to. <laughs> you wanna subscribe. You do. But you no cannot- one's gonna know either. They Just will. No one's judging you. Oh. Yeah. All the cool kids are doing it. But you can also connect with us by emailing podcast at gdx.net. You can do that. That would mm-hmm. be excellent. We'd love to hear from you, get some feedback, or whether you have a question that you'd like mm-hmm. us to ask on air, mm-hmm. play the question of the day song. Yeah. What do we have going on We're today, We're going to have so much fun today, Michael. I am super yes. excited about this. Yeah. Julie and Danny are coming. Yes. And if you're not familiar with Julie and Danny, um, we'll, we'll just go ahead and actually, we'll just let's go just, ahead and get to them. it. Yeah. Today, what we have a couple guests, actually. Yeah. A couple super important guests. Famous? Well, yeah. Go ahead. Dr. Danny Urcuyo and Dr. Julie Fouché. Wow. I know, right? Right. So let me get into this a little bit. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about first. Dr. Danny Urcuyo graduated from the University of Michigan, then completed uh, uh, medical school and residency training at the Cleveland Clinic, if you're familiar, right? Uh, he's board certified in family medicine and fully trained by the Institute for Functional Medicine. He's currently a medical director at SteadyMD, a completely online healthcare telemedicine practice. And he's also a CrossFit level one trainer and competed on a team at the 2011 CrossFit Games. He also happens to be married to our other guest, Dr. Julie Fouché Urcuyo. Yeah, and Dr. Julie Fouché also graduated from the University of Michigan and completed medical school and residency at the Cleveland Clinic. Additionally, she completed a master's degree in nutrition from Case Western Reserve University and has trained with IFM. Julie is a member of the CrossFit Level 1 seminar staff and also competed in the CrossFit Games, finishing as high as second place in 2012. What? what? That's incredible. I know. Together, Danny and Julie have a website and host a podcast called Pursuing Health, which provides great information on using a lifestyle-first approach to health, offers personalized physical training, and contains a community platform where people can share their stories and inspire and empower others. Right? So, yeah. Well, welcome to the Lab Report, Thank you guys. Thank you so much, guys. 
Thank you. Thank wow, you what an us. intro. <laughs> <laughs> We're flattered. <laughs> you know, it's we've been following you for quite a, a long time, and uh, you, we're familiar with your story, which, uh, like a lot of physicians that we have on this particular program, and I think a lot of physicians that end up in functional medicine have kind of interesting backgrounds and paths to get to it. But I'd like to ask you guys, just first and foremost, being family medicine practitioners, what was it about functional medicine that drew you in? What what, what what got you hooked? Yeah, I think that we were always looking for, for functional medicine. We were always looking for the framework that it provides. Originally in, in medical school, we were kind of surprised by what we were learning. We spent all of our time you know, in the CrossFit gym after, after school or before school training, seeing people come off of medications, seeing them lose weight, you know, reverse seemingly irreversible diseases, things mm. like, you know, diabetes. Right. And then we'd go to our rotations and we'd see people get more and more medications, you know, things necessarily, the best case scenario is really things staying the same, the mm-hmm. status quo versus, you know, reversing the illness. So we immediately were surprised by that and thought, okay, there has to be a better way. And we were looking for that way all throughout medical school. And then at one point, um, Dr. Mark Hyman gave a grand rounds and Julie, you know, I'd heard of Dr. Mark Hyman and said, oh, you know, Danny, why don't we, why don't we go to these, this grand rounds? It'll probably be interesting. And it was something, it was kind of one of these things that we went to on a whim. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, they always have lectures that are, you know, early morning wellness lectures or various things. And I would, I would go to some here and there and I had heard of functional medicine, but I didn't really know what it was. And I had heard Dr. Hyman's name, but didn't really exactly know who he was. And it was like, it was a weird day. I think I had been training at the gym early in the morning and I didn't really have to be at, at the hospital because I was doing some research. So I could have just gone home, but I decided, you know what, this is, sounds important. I'm going to go. And I like had, you know, had to get dressed and wear my professional clothes. And I dragged Danny in. I think he was actually <laughs> on his surgery rotation. And so I don't know by what miracle he was able to pull away for an hour I think it was post-call, I think. or something <laughs> in the morning. And we went and it turns out it was not just a grand rounds. It was, it was the announcement of the Center for Functional Medicine coming to the Cleveland Clinic. And, you know, the CEO of the hospital was there. A lot of department heads were there, like really big shots in the Cleveland Clinic that we don't normally see in Mm -hmm. these wellness lectures that we go to. (laughs) And so we realized, wow, this is actually a lot bigger deal than we thought. Yeah. And then, you know, Mark Hyman announced the whole concept behind the Center for Functional Medicine at the Cleveland Clinic and described functional medicine to us. And I think like most practitioners that now practice functional medicine, it was their, the mind-blowing moment that, right. you know, right. the stars align and you're yep. like, oh, I've been looking for years. And, you know, we were, we were totally sold because it really implemented or, or integrated rather everything that we'd been looking for. Yeah. You know, the obsession with biochemistry, knowing how physiology works, understanding the power of lifestyle, the power of community that we see in CrossFit gyms, which is the community that we're most familiar with. And it, it, it really sold us and we knew immediately that that's what we wanted to do. And it was interesting because around that time too, I was really struggling trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was actually considering dropping out of medical school and starting a CrossFit gym hmm. because of the things that we saw. We saw people coming off of medications and I was like, this is what I went to medical school for. I'm not learning that. This I'm seeing this in the CrossFit effective. gym. <laughs> yeah, should probably do this. So this got really, the, the, that announcement and learning about functional medicine really reinstilled my faith in, in medicine really. Is, is, yeah. yeah. And it, it really, it was just the system and the framework. So, you know, going through medical school, we had picked up things here and there that we knew were important for health. Like, 
you know, we'd see things like the blue zones or we learn about, you know, we learn about the impact of exercise or nutrition and relationships. And we, we knew all these little things were important, but like there wasn't a system that put it all together that made it something that we could actually implement easily with patients. And then when we heard about functional medicine, it was like, oh, this is it. This yeah. is the system. Yeah. It was really like no turning back. It's like you can't that. unlearn it. You're like, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think in follow up to what you were just talking about with CrossFit, you guys are obviously super famous. You have a successful podcast. Julie is one of the most successful CrossFit athletes in the sport. And you, how did you guys know you had something brewing with this CrossFit approach? Like, how did this go from a hobby to a passion and now part of your life? Well, it happened pretty quickly, but I'll give Danny all the credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually, around the time we met, so we met at the University of Michigan when we were in undergrad. And one of the very first times that we talked, we were in a mutual friend's dorm room and had been watching some TV show. Actually, I know exactly what TV, it was Grey's Anatomy that we were watching. <laughs> we'll tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and afterwards, Danny pulls up CrossFit.com on the computer because he had been doing some of the workouts on his own, just in our school rec center. And he was looking at what the workout was going to be the next day. And this was, you know, 2009. So things were a lot different then. And a lot of people were following the CrossFit.com every day and posting their times in the comments. And, you know, he pulled it up and I was like, what is that? That looks really interesting because, you know, I had done gymnastics growing up and I had mm -hmm. done track and field. Mm -hmm. And for me, being done with my high school sports was a really tough transition because I had been so used to having a team to train with and practice and a coach telling me what to do. And now being in college, which I think is what a lot of people go through is I didn't know what to do with myself. I knew exercise was really important and I liked being fit and I liked exercising, but I didn't really know how to do it on my own. And I found myself doing a lot of the elliptical Stairmaster, bringing my biochemistry notes and, you know, reading them while I was on the bike right. and that sort of thing. And it just wasn't the same. Yeah. And as soon as it was sort of, it's kind of interesting because it sort of was the exact same kind of light bulb moment for me is when I found out about CrossFit. And then later when I did my level one is when we found out about functional medicine, because it was like, Danny explained what it was. And I was like, oh this is exactly what I've been looking for. And again, CrossFit didn't reinvent the wheel of didn't invent exercise, but it put it together in a framework that made it really doable and really effective. And as soon as we, you know, shortly after that, we both were doing it in our rec center and then we both joined our local CrossFit affiliate. And I mean, the rest is really history. You no, know, we started training. It was funny. We did the same programming, the exact same programming for years. And then Julie just took off yes <laughs> like there's something to be said about genetics right <laughs> it was yeah it was amazing I'm, I'm it was really incredible based on what danny was saying it sounds as if this crossfit experience really did play a huge role in your transition to functional medicine it did yeah it, it really did because i think that it gave us a taste of the power of of I think the base of the functional medicine matrix yeah. right mm -hmm. the yeah. exercise stress relationships sleep and yeah. all that good stuff um and then we were just looking for a way to put it together. It kind of primed us really for mm -hmm. our, um, our our journey into functional medicine. Great. Yeah. And I think just having that experience, like anyone who's going through medical school who has that personal experience of how powerful lifestyle can be, they're going to be thinking about things through a different lens as you learn about chronic disease. And you're going to be looking for other solutions that are not just medicines. And so I think it definitely allowed us to be more open and think more critically about what we are learning and about our healthcare system and be more open when, you know, finally functional medicine came up, that it was something that we were really interested in doing. 
I would say too, CrossFit really drew us into primary care because mm-hmm. both of us, I mean, when we started med school, Danny, I was convinced he was going to be a surgeon. Mm-hmm. He was really into um, actually transplant surgery, but I always thought he was going to be a surgeon. And then myself, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I, I really thought I was going to be a specialist. I had done some shadowing before med school and I thought I did some shadowing at my local family doctor and I was like, this is too broad, too boring, like, (laughs) no way, I'm not doing this. I can at least rule that out, even if I haven't decided anything else. And once we learned about, you know, the the methodology behind CrossFit and really the true purpose of CrossFit and reversing chronic disease using lifestyle, you know, it became really apparent that that's where our passion was. And that's where our, we were sort of uniquely positioned to help our patients. And so it you know, family medicine was really a natural fit to be focused on the whole person and to focus on prevention and lifestyle. Right. Perfect. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it it sort of, I could see where it puts the power back into family medicine because when you're talking about chronic disease, I mean, that's that's really what's in the hands of the the family practice physician. It's the Mm -hmm. ability to to take them long-term, you know, where some of the other modalities are more so about acute management. Mm-hmm. I think for chronic disease management, it's it's all in the hands of the family physician and, and how CrossFit ultimately plays a role. But and to that extent, functional medicine puts the power back in the hands of the family practice physician as well. Yep. It right. really makes sense. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. What, um, I kind of said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think one of the other things that's interesting, too, is you guys have heard. <laughs> go ahead, I've heard Michael. that you had sort of an interesting path in just deciding to go to medical school as well. I mean, Danny, you had a lot of different things that were your passions prior to deciding to go to medical school. I mean, weren't you involved in... Talent. Oh, gosh. Oh. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was. I had a pretty interesting upbringing. I grew up in Germany for the first couple of years and then moved to the States. My dad worked for the automotive industry, so we moved to Detroit, Michigan, uh, obviously, for my dad to work in the auto industry. And I kind of grew up in a very multicultural background, you know, spoke German and some Spanish at home. And my then dad's I, from Nicaragua. My dad's from Nicaragua, yeah. Um, and I got really into skateboarding um, and, <laughs> of all things, <laughs> opera singing. Yeah, So That's, those re- go together. Really... <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, yeah. So I spent my day, my days after school skateboarding and then singing opera was really interested in, in music, obviously not just singing, but playing instruments also. And yeah. wanted to go to music school and had to apply to music school and had to really decide if I was going to do kind of medicine because prior to, prior to actually going to, um, to college, I had shadowed a, a surgeon. My parents had said, you know, why don't you just see what else is out there besides music. They never, you know, pressured me not to do music. They just wanted me to have a, a broad exposure. And they said, you know, why don't you shadow this this person? And I ended up falling in love with the idea of medicine. So then when I got to college, I kind of had to decide what I wanted to do and unfortunately had to, well, I guess I didn't have to, but I stopped pursuing music because of the kind of what I had to go into preparing for medical school, doing right. research yeah. and, and mm. taking these challenging classes. But I had a quite uh, an eclectic collection of, of interests coming up for sure. <laughs> right, right. And Julie, you, you mentioned that you were involved in engineering. This, this is also a very right. different sort of path that you were walking before deciding to go to med school. Yeah, different, but I was <laughs> I was kind of always on the med school path. I think even by the time I was in my last couple of years of high school, I kind of knew I wanted to go into medicine, but having a dad who's an engineer and wanted me to have a good backup, solid backup plan where I could 
get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I went to, I did decide to study engineering in college and I studied biomedical engineering because for me it was the only thing that would be interesting as if it was in the context of the human body because that was what was really fascinating to me. And I think it was, you know, there was a lot of pre-meds in that major. I think it's a common major now to go into medical school. And I think it was a fantastic preparation for medical school, but I kind of knew you know, I always knew I wasn't going to be an engineer. We were talking earlier about how I'm terrible at technology and I'm terrible at like putting things together. You know, my sister ended up actually being an engineer. She works as an engineer now. And she was always the one growing up that like if there was a new, you know, piece of furniture or something to put together, she would just figure it out and put it together. And I'd still be there trying to figure out the instructions. So, you know, we all find our way. That's right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Well, and Danny, now you're working with SteadyMD. Uh, you mind telling us a little bit about SteadyMD? Yeah, absolutely. So I started working with them actually when I was still in, in residency. And they um, were looking for people who were involved in the CrossFit space to develop a completely virtual direct primary care practice. So meaning, you know, similar to a, a gym membership where you pay a monthly fee and then you get access to the physician, you know, as much as you need, really, um, which, you know, is, is powerful because it allows you the time to really implement some of the things that we were talking about previously, the lifestyle factors and, and the base of the functional medicine yeah. um, matrix. So this company, they do is they, they pair you up with physicians that share a similar lifestyle. So I ended up the, with the team there developing a virtual practice for CrossFitters which was really, really neat um, because it really uncovered a lot of interesting parts about the CrossFit community. We typically think of these individuals as being super healthy, having no medical problems. Um, but you still see, you know, people with prediabetes, high cholesterol, mm -hmm. lots of stress. Mm -hmm. um, and, right. you know, we talk about this all the time, but, you know, the, the base of the functional medicine matrix is really where I do most of my work with these, these CrossFitters. And it's been a really interesting journey developing this practice and we've made it even more broad so now we, we have a fully virtual functional medicine practice um, where we can see patients all over the united states so they can get access to functional medicine from the comfort of their own home so we've done some really really exciting things that i think is going to provide access for folks who have a hard time finding a functional medicine practitioner in their community. And I'll tell you what I find interesting about what you're doing there is in the midst of this rapidly changing healthcare climate where everyone's trying to transition to telemedicine, looks like you've been on the front edge of this, um, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I've been doing it for three years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Day-to-day -day really didn't change at all. That's no, great. Literally, I got a little bit busier, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. His, I mean, other than not driving to his office every day, now he works from home, but yeah, that's it's been, And, you know, it, it, it's, um, it's vindicating, honestly, because <laughs> everyone is like, oh, this whole telemedicine thing is crazy. Like, how can you provide good medicine virtually? Like, you need to see them in the office. And I think that kind of stemmed from just not knowing what function, what uh, telemedicine can do, like how much you can actually do when you, when you have time with patients, you know, we always say that history is the most important part of the encounter, right? Yeah. Right. So if you have time, you can actually, I think that a lot of things that you typically need to do in the office aren't necessary, some physical exam maneuvers. And now knowing that uh, everyone else is kind of forced into, to, uh, into telemedicine and kind of see the benefits of it, it's, it's really, it's an exciting time because now more people are able to see kind of what we've been seeing at SteadyMD over the last three years, that really the power of, of telemedicine. Mm, and I right. think we're going to come out of this thing, this whole coronavirus pandemic, as a completely different healthcare system embracing telemedicine. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. I hope so. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom is going to be like the best investment. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And I also think, you know, just to piggyback on what you're saying is so much of functional medicine relies on what the story is and what the history is, you know, getting those right. antecedents. And, and so incorporating that, um, and I think it just it fits really, really well into how the system is, is changing overall also. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And among, among the patients that you still currently see, is it primarily that of athletes trying to optimize health or CrossFitters, or do you see all comers? No, all comers. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, it, it's interesting. A lot of people find me who are, who are CrossFitters mm -hmm. and you know, you'd think that they are healthy, but a lot of them are really suffering from HPA axis dysfunction. I think 50% at least. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to figure out what the heck is going on, why they feel like such trash and you know they're eating well they're exercising but then they're you know of course not spending any time in a parasympathetic state i think that's what i see a lot of mm -hmm. the other half of individuals i would say are really your bread and butter functional medicine folks who are, are really really sick they've seen you know numerous specialists they don't know who to turn they've been written off they feel like they're kind of on their on their last straw here on their last leg rather and, and those are the, that's the other half that I see. And each are equally rewarding, I think, in different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice to have the, cool. those two different types of individuals join us. Yeah. And I, I wonder, too, with that, you know, is there, given the fact that we're sort of, Patty and I are with Genova and we do specialty lab testing interpretation all day long, I wonder with you know, either the, the more typical functional medicine patient population or the CrossFit population, do you have a similar approach from a laboratory testing standpoint or are these two different patient populations that you maybe run different tests on? And, and even more specifically, are there biomarkers that you might track in some of your CrossFit athletes as compared to your kind of standard functional medicine? Yeah, great question. Um, so I approach them both the, the same essentially in the beginning, because I, I, what I found is by, you know, again, the base of the matrix, right. Right. You know, looking at that and optimizing those factors, really one gets people who have, you know, traditional HPA axis dysfunction quite a bit better and gets them a lot of buy-in into what we might do in the future. And it also clears the, the picture. It, it clarifies the picture for a lot of these really complicated patients where they have so many things going on. You have no idea where to start by oftentimes addressing those lifestyle factors, things become a little bit more clear. You do the timeline and then you have a pretty good sense of where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. Now with everyone, I would probably say I do, you know, traditional lab work like, you know, CBC, CMP, definitely a full thyroid panel, right. looking for micronutrient deficiencies because those are just so common in, in all comers. That's where I start with the laboratory work. Yeah. We work on those lifestyle factors. And then if we still need to do a little bit more work, then we might look at, for example, I use the GI effects a lot. The SIBO breath test is, is something I use a lot. Maybe potentially even a NutraVal if we need a little bit more clarity on, on micronutrient deficiencies that are a little bit more broad. Mm -hmm. So those are the, the things that I tend to use. But I try to be mindful of, of one, cost, because you know seeing a functional medicine practitioner isn't cheap, and then getting these tests also isn't cheap. So we try to get the biggest bang for our buck from lifestyle and some of the more basic lab work before moving into the advanced lab work and then being very calculated in terms of how we choose which which labs to do. Yeah. Awesome. And Makes I think sense. it's interesting too, just the impact that labs can have when it comes to behavior change. So mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you know, maybe a patient is going to get a lot better if they implement X, Y, and Z behavior change. But a lot of times having the lab work to show mm -hmm. what types of dysfunction are happening can really motivate the behavior change and help people realize, you know, what's going on and how important it is for 
for them to make some of those changes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And some some patients seek that out. They want they want the proof, which which is great. I mean, that's another way to approach it. Um, but yeah, data can be very powerful. Yeah, and I I wonder too about you know the CrossFit athletes that you're working with that having that particular data in somebody who's maybe a little less inclined to engage the parasympathetic aspect right. of things oh, right. um, does having yeah. that hpa access data right there in front of them does that help to kind of uh understand oh, the importance yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. sometimes you can you, know, you use the salivary cortisol curve the card to convince them or you know the reverse t3 is like through the roof and they're like i don't know why i feel tired all the time <laughs> and then you show them that data you're like well this is why you're not recovering see there's there's physiological biochemical evidence that you're just pushing too hard and that usually is an entryway to have the conversation like, listen, you can perform better if you do less mm-hmm. um, or focus on more the parasympathetic state. And then the beauty, too, is you can implement those things and then you can measure it again and you can see the benefit. And then they're really bought in, in you know, and yeah. of course, they probably see the benefits from their training as well. But then they see the biochemical change, too, which is which is always nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, can I shift gears just a little bit here? I want to talk to Julie yeah. about this podcast thing. <laughs> so we know that you've had a very <laughs> successful podcast, Pursuing Health, for some time, and it's actually evolving, and we know that Danny's a lot more involved. Can you guys talk about what you have going on over there at Pursuing Health? Sure. So I started the podcast about five years ago, and it was kind of my way to exit from being a CrossFit Games competitor into you know this next phase of my life. So when I sort of retired from CrossFit Games, competition in 2015 to finish out med school and then go into residency. I wanted to find a way to still keep in touch with the CrossFit community and still kind of contribute and make sure that I was having a conversation. And for me, I've always been, I'm, I'm definitely an introvert and I have always been better at one-on-one conversations than large groups. Mm-hmm. And I had met so many amazing people through my years of competing in the CrossFit Games that I wanted to be able to share more of their background with a wider audience. So a friend kind of brought it up to me on a whim and I it was scary at the time. I'm like, I don't know if I can put myself <laughs> out there like that, but I decided to do it and it was definitely the best decision I've made because it has been so much fun. So we basically for the past five years have been putting out an episode every other week, which is an interview style episode. And initially it was a lot of you know CrossFit Games competitors, athletes really focused in the fitness realm. And then as I've evolved in my career and my training, we've brought in more medical researchers, um, sort of general health um, experts. And that has been really fun too, to sort of evolve along with my listeners. And then more recently, just in the past month or two, Danny and I have kind of joined forces and we released a new website, which, cause my website was basically really outdated. It was from like 2012 or something. Mm-hmm. So we released a new website, which is called pursuinghealth.com. Pursuing-health.com. Pursuing-health.com is how you find it. But there's where we host the podcast. And now in addition to the every other week interview style episodes, which I'll always continue to do now on the odd weeks, Danny and I get together and we talk about a very, you know, any health topic. So some we've done so far have been like our 10 favorite ways to combat stress. Um, We did a brief one on the coronavirus, which was early on and is very outdated now. We have one coming up actually about statins and cholesterol, which we're excited about. So initially they were supposed to be like 10 to 15 minute quick episodes and they're turning out to be more like 30 minute episodes. But it's been really fun for us to get to do that too. That's a little bit different. And we've continued to 
do our tra- our training programs as well on the website. So mm-hmm. we've had a couple different fitness programs that can that people can can follow along with. We also have stories that highlight people who've used you know lifestyle and the base of the pyramid to overcome health challenges. Trying to share people's triumphs really mm-hmm. that that this stuff actually does work quite a bit. So there's other features as well to to the website. We really this stemmed out of our desire to provide everything that we felt like was missing in the primary care conversation. For example, if we saw someone in the clinic and they wanted, okay, they're totally sold on the lifestyle stuff. Okay, what do you do next? Where do you mm-hmm. send them? And we wanted to create something that where we could send people to, that they could get good good information, evidence-based information and ways to actually implement the lifestyle factors that we, we preach all the time. Right. Great. That's awesome. Well, we subscribe to that podcast. I listen to it all the time. And it's just such oh, great well, information. And it reaches <laughs> right. so many people. But I'll tell you, I was listening to one of the podcasts a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was right when you guys switched and Danny came in. And I got super depressed because... Michael and I had this plan where we wanted to ask Danny about opera and see uh, if he yeah. could do an opera drop for us. And then I hear in the podcast episode that Julie's never even heard you sing. And I got super depressed. I came into work. No. I go, Michael, we can't do it. I, know, I totally thought I was like, we're going to get him to sing on this on the show. <laughs> Denied. Well, if you can get Danny to sing opera, more power to you. Yeah. Never heard it. Oh, gosh. It's another life. <laughs> I understand. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, so, Clearly, he sang the national anthem at his high school graduation, but what? Did you I've really? yet to see a video. I think his mom may have it somewhere, but yeah, we'll have to dig we it up. It up. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I have another question too, and this is—we don't have to include this. We can edit it out, which which means it's it's code for hopefully we'll maybe include it. But just to give you a little bit of an insight into who you're talking to, so on this end of the phone patty and i so myself i graduated (laughs) high school at 140 pounds 510 so i am chicken bones and (laughs) tendons and (laughs) sinews and (laughs) (laughs) and and patty uh i'm 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 like 49 and you know i'm I'm, I'm afraid i'm gonna break a hip and so we michael and i were talking about this crossfit thing and so really michael's like we have to ask him about this yeah and you know i'm i'm totally into that because you mentioned talking about community and you know that fits so perfectly with functional medicine aspect of social interaction social engagement as well but being two band nerds that's right patty played the flute I like, played the flute. I played jazz flute. There That's you awesome. go, oh Danny. So, yeah. What? <laughs> so my the question after all that is, if we go into a CrossFit gym, what what would we expect? Will you know, we survive as far that? As, yeah, exactly. Really, what would happen there? Oh, you would definitely survive that. So <laughs> we, um, it's so interesting because every CrossFit gym is different. You know, it's not like you go to orange theory and you walk into one in California and you walk into one in New York and they're like the same. Every gym is different. And it's kind of like a functional medicine practice, really, you know, like the, the owner has some basic level of training that's the same, but then they can implement it. However, they feel is best for their community. So we always recommend that people try multiple gyms in their area before choosing one, because there is a huge variety and, you know, certain people are going to mesh well with, certain communities and certain coaches than others. And each gym may have a slightly different focus. So that's one sort of caveat that I give to everyone. But when you walk into a CrossFit gym, I think that's the hardest part. And I've talked to many people on the pod, on my podcast who were professional college athletes, even like Ironman X, like 
like top Ironman athletes who were so afraid to walk in the CrossFit gym for the first time that they would like turn around and like had to come back multiple times before mm-hmm. they finally walked in. So yeah, it's intimidating. just to, to put that out there that, you know, everyone is intimidated by it. But once you walk in the door and you meet someone and you realize that they're the nicest people that you'll ever meet and you see people working out in the classes who are just like you, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no turning back. It's just such such a inclusive community and a supportive community. And at the end of the day, these are people who like to work hard and they recognize the value of hard work and that, you know, you have to put in hard work sometimes to see results but they just want to support each other to get a little bit better every day and to be there for people in in moments that are difficult. And I think a lot of that comes from the type of workouts that we do. Like there are challenging workouts, they're intense, and you know, people are outside their comfort zone. You're trying to learn a new skill. You're maybe you're doing jump rope, which you haven't done since grade school, or you're trying to learn a double under, or you're trying to do a pull-up, which is, you know, something most people probably haven't done since they were a kid. And by doing that, you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and it's, it's hard and it's vulnerable, but being around other people who are supporting you in that goal is really, really powerful. And it's the great equalizer too. I think yeah. that community there, it doesn't matter what community you come from, what socioeconomic status you come from, what your job is, everyone is treated the exact same. It's, right. it's a really amazing place. All right. Okay. Michael and I will go together. Yeah, we'll hold hands. I'll bring my flute. <laughs> well, it's what always better a- to go together. And most of them will do a free, like, a you know, you can walk in and meet them or you can do a free workout and yeah. sort of get the feel for it. And, you know, and they're going to have an on-ramp program where you're going to learn the basics before you're in a, in a class environment. Yeah. So there is a charter to do it in a way that is appropriate and, and not safe. just and safe yeah. and is not just throwing you in on that intensity right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. So I have another question, and it is, what else can we expect from you two in the future? Because it seems like you're constantly evolving what you guys are doing, and you know now you're offering clinical pearls on the podcast, you're doing these different workouts on the website, and you also have changed um, your kind of entire business model where you're not doing any sort of endorsements. Um, tell me a little bit about what we can continue to expect, and if you want to elaborate on any of those points. Sure. I mean, I guess just elaborating on the endorsements, being an athlete, I was so lucky and so blessed to be competing in the CrossFit Games for several years and having some really amazing sponsors. And, you know, I am so grateful because all of those sponsors were genuinely companies that I believed in, people that I got to know on a personal level. And, you know, their support allowed me to keep training while I was in med school and allowed me to kind of support myself. And so I was so grateful for that. But then there was sort of this awkward period where I'm no longer an athlete. I kind of still have some sponsors. I'm going into, you know, and I'm graduating med school. I'm becoming a doctor. I'm going into residency and I still have some sort of lingering sponsors. And there's always opportunities. You know, once you have a certain number of Instagram followers, there's always people who are trying to get you to promote their product. Mm -hmm. And, you know, recently, you know, as I'm approaching graduation from residency, Danny and I sat down and we just had a long discussion about, you know, what are our values and what do we feel like is our role as physicians and what's appropriate and not appropriate. And for us, we really felt like we wanted to remain as unbiased as we possibly could be. Obviously, you can't be 100% on it, but we thought that if we took any money from companies, even if it's for posting about their product on Instagram because they sent us a free product, or even if it's you know, something that we really do truly use and believe in that could cloud our judgment. And we really want to be perceived as physicians who are doing the best for our patients and who are not just trying to 
make money from doing these other things. So I had even had sponsors on the podcast for a long time. Um, I still had some like athlete sponsorships going and we decided to kind of let all those things run out and switch to a different model for the podcast, which is basically a crowd sponsor model where, you know, if people subscribe to my podcast and want to support it, they can support it with a monthly contribution. And then as a result, they get access to our workout programs, some extra like Q and a sessions with us and then some discount codes. So we still do have discount codes to a lot of companies that we use ourselves that we believe in, but the, you know, the subscriber is getting the discount directly and we're not getting any of that money from the company. So it tries to remove us a little bit more from that relationship. And it's something I think we're, you know, we're proud of and we're, we're going to stick to as far as things in the future. I don't know. What do you want to say about that, Danny? (laughs) Well, we want to continue to, we want to be able to do as much as we can for our patients outside of the office. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. there's so much that you can do before you actually need to see a doctor, right? Exercise, nutrition, sleep, stress, relationships. And that's, that's the mission, the charter of pursuing health. Yeah. And then we want to develop a system that integrates primary care and the principles of functional medicine into a in in a way that is both economically sustainable, sustainable from the perspective of physicians um, being happy, mm-hmm. and to make primary care a enriching and rewardable profession that doesn't lead to burnout, so that people don't want to retire, <laughs> that they're thrilled yeah. about their work every single day, um, and really bring you know the the spirit of, of family medicine back into back into family medicine as it was originally. So we're we're going to be doing some some work along those lines. We'll be announcing that um, over the next couple of months in terms of what that looks like. Cool. But uh, stay tuned, and we'll we'll definitely let you know. Yeah, awesome. yeah we're just fans of family medicine and functional medicine and yeah. CrossFit. That's pretty much the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we think that those things together can really um, have a huge impact on our health. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I and just, we're looking to to integrate all those three things. So it's going to be it's going to be an exciting few months. Stay yeah. stay tuned here. Awesome, awesome. And I I truly appreciate that energy too. I you know I think it's interesting because so many physicians out there and family practice physicians ultimately I think find functional medicine because of burnout. And to have your guys's enthusiasm right up front and and desire to essentially change the paradigm in that so that we're not having to be have it be a last result, you know, where where right. the physician is burnt out and that's how they end up in functional medicine. But to, to get this from the ground level, uh, I just really appreciate your work and effort in that area. Yeah. Oh, and we're, you know, we're so lucky that we can and that like this is why we count our blessings every day of just the opportunities that we've had through CrossFit that's given us this huge platform through our training. I mean, we've had amazing training. We're in a position where we're, you know, we can try to do this right off the bat, but I know it's not always feasible for everyone because you know, a lot of and it's it makes me so, I could go off on so many tangents about this. It makes me so angry when I see family doctors coming out of residency who are already so disillusioned with the system, but they have no out Mm -hmm. because they have debt or they have certain situations where they feel like they have to work for a system and do these 20 minute hamster wheel visits. And, you know, it's so disheartening to see, you know, these are the people who went into medical school because they wanted to help people. They chose family medicine, which is one of the lowest paying specialties because they genuinely care about the whole person and prevention and health. And then, you know, they get, you know, sort of 
rung through this system that just already is so hard on people and is not allowing them to practice in a way that's consistent with their values. And so it's really heartbreaking for me. And so I, we count our blessings that it's something that we feel like we can do right now out of residency and take a stab at. And I hope that in the future, that will be something that more, you know, medical students and residents will be able to do and, and open their eyes to see what's possible. Yeah, we want to get as many people on the life raft as possible. Yeah, yeah. Out I of this, out of this love crazy it. crazy medical system. I, I absolutely yeah. love it. And I just want to encourage everyone to go to Julie and Danny's podcast called Pursuing Health. It's available on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere you can get a podcast. And to go to their website, pursuing-health.com, yes, to you. see what's going on there. But usually at the end of our interviews, we have one last question that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman. Okay. So this is a little bit of a question that's off topic, but we tend to ask people, especially people, all people, but people who have huge gravitas like yourselves. Famous people. Famous people, right. And (laughs) do you guys have, do you guys like sandwiches? And if you like sandwiches, do you have a favorite sandwich? (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, a, oh my gosh, like going to confession. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the point. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I have a favorite sandwich. So sometimes when I have a moment of weakness, which I quickly remember why I don't do this every time. <laughs> I love the Panera Bacon Turkey Bravo sandwich with turkey nice. and um, <laughs> bacon and their delicious sauce. And then I realize shortly thereafter why I don't eat gluten because <laughs> <Right. laughs> my brain just goes at like 25% the speed and I'm like, Oh, that's right. So <laughs> very, very rarely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite sandwich. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I can, if a specific favorite sandwich. So I would say if I was going to eat a sandwich, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, there are some that I, that I eat that like, for example, there's this amazing restaurant in Cleveland called town hall, which, I could also go on about for hours, but they do (laughs) actually like a keto bun, Mm -hmm. which um, I will get a burger. They have like a grass fed burger with this keto bun. I always get the tomato bisque and dip it in there. And it is like the best. Like that is my favorite. Like post call, that is 100% going to be the meal that I get. Um, But it's not, I feel like it's kind of a cop out because it's not a true like. No, that works. That does work. That absolutely By official works. definition. Yeah, so much smarter it's still than choices relatively than healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a great question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you guys so much for coming on and letting us pepper you with some questions. Yeah, this and is just a blast. Just pleasure. so much fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like like Patty said, make sure everyone to to follow Danny and Julie on pursuing health and uh, look for all the exciting stuff that's going to be coming out there. And um, just want to uh, say thank you again and and hope you guys have a great uh, rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us on. This was super fun. This was a blast. (laughs) Go ahead and say it, Michael. That was excellent. What? You didn't give your usual, well, that went well. No, I mean. You're really this excited? Yeah, that was excellent. (laughs) They are so fun. I really want to hang out with them. Uh, Well, You think we're friends now? I I'm not going to answer for them, but yes. (laughs) Next time on The Lab Report, we interview James Maskell of Evolution of Medicine. Author, podcaster, influencer. Genius. Visionary. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. 
To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. There I go. I did it. What did you do? I just alienated all flute players. Oh. <laughs> Everyone yeah. who plays the flute just yeah. alienated them. Rude. And you know what? A lot of them, I bet, are going to CrossFit and getting really strong, and they're going to come find you and beat you up. Just like high school all over again. That's right. You asked for it.